Welcome to the Midweeks. This is Rob. I'm really glad you're here to join me. I want to talk about a few things. I want to do a follow-up from Sunday's message. I want to talk about Sunday shopping. I want to talk about 1 Corinthians. We're going to keep working through that book of the Bible. All right, so let's follow up from Sunday. Sunday's message was about um, suffering, trusting in God from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19 where Peter says something along the lines of, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And one of the points that I didn't get around to making, but uh, is worth sharing somewhere, is talking about this idea in First Peter about having your faith tested and the importance of having your faith tested. So if you go earlier in Peter to chapter 1, Uh, Starting verse 6, you can read something like this. It says, In this you rejoice, meaning your salvation, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the thing that really strikes me about this tone in Peter is that um, this isn't necessarily part of our culture to see suffering, sometimes deep suffering, sometimes profound suffering as part of the refining of our faith, of the proving our faith genuine process. Um, And so I just want to think about this for a bit. And there's two things that I think about right off the bat. Number one, um, it, it can seem difficult to value having your faith refined and tested during suffering. Especially if your suffering comes from hurting because of what somebody else is going through, hurting because you're worried about someone else's loss or their sickness. Um, That kind of pain can be difficult to hook up with the goodness of having your faith refined. And so, and then that just makes you, okay, so why is this so important? I just, so why is it important to have your faith tested, your faith proven? Um, and I don't think there's the easiest answer about it, but what I think is going on is this. Um, if we let our minds be controlled by the scriptures, then the reality is, is that the most important thing in the world is the glory of God on display. Uh, as you read through the scriptures, this is one of the themes that is persistent throughout the entire scripture, that God is going to make a name for himself that he is going to display the great worth of his name, that the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth, or the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to fill the world as the waters cover the sea. And there's just just constant theme that God's glory, his greatness, his wisdom, his power, his mercy on the cross, his forgiveness through the cross, the, uh, the praise of his glorious grace, that God's glory is the most precious and amazing thing in the world. And how this connects with suffering and the testing of faith. Our faith is responding to the true message of Jesus Christ, that we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that we have an inheritance waiting for us in heaven. And as this trust in God, this faith in God, endures and grows in the midst of possible reasons to not value God's glory or not trust in him and display his trustworthiness. When circumstances say quit, but the eyes of faith or the the newborn heart says, I, I, I'm not going to quit. I don't quit. 
I cling to God, sometimes complaining, sometimes praising. I cling to God. What that does is it shows the glory of God. It shows the worth of God. It shows the value of God. And it does so in such a way that God says in response, when your tested genuine faith is seen throughout your life at the final judgment, you will get praise and honor and glory from God. It's, it's such a valuable thing. And so this is just a facet to suffering well that the Bible presents to us that we maybe don't think about that I think is worth thinking about. That each person, each believer, each Christian um, is called to understand that their life will include various trials to test our faith or various trials in order to demonstrate that our faith is pure and in Christ This is life. We are going to suffer. And part of the suffering, part of the trials, part of the agonies is God's intention to have our faith put on display so that at Christ's return, we can receive praise and honor from the God of heaven. And so I just submit this to you for your consideration. That in the midst of your days, in in the midst of suffering, because life is hard, in the midst of suffering, because um, the enemy wants to attack Christians unjustly, in the midst of maybe being uh, corrected by the Father because of an indwelling sin, as we submit ourselves to Christ and lean on the promises of the Father and uh, yield to the filling of the Spirit, this faith will result in praise. Our faith is being refined in the process, and our refined faith will result in honor from God at the end of time. All right, let's talk about Sunday shopping. All right, so there's kind of this movement going on in my hometown, Steinbeck, if you're here. I'm trying to get Sunday going on shopping, and uh, I've just been thinking about it lots. My instinct is to kind of want to keep things the way they are, where there's limited shopping on Sunday. It's not like there's no shopping. You know, if you need food, I think there's at least two corner stores that are open and a couple gas stations. Um, so you can go to get a restaurant. Or you can go eat at a restaurant if you want to. There are lots of shops open, but things like um, Superstore or Walmart, the big box stores are closed. And I guess this is what people are really pushing for, though I'm not totally sure anyone's been 100% clear on exactly the changes they want, which is something that I don't love. I love it when well, we can be exactly clear on what changes we're talking about. Anyhow, two thoughts about this situation. The first thought is is this. If you're going to ask somebody if they want to go shopping on Sundays, it seems only fair to get them to answer as well if they want to work on Sundays. Because that's kind of the price of shopping on Sundays is that somebody's working on Sundays and it might be you. You know, if, if somebody's sitting there and they've got their job at one of these big box stores and somebody says, do you want to shop on Sunday? They might say, yeah. And then three months later, they're working Sundays. How did this happen? Well, because, you know, cause and effect here. It's not just about shopping. Um, And we're all connected in this. So this is part of the deal. If we want shopping on Sundays, it means we want working on Sundays. Do you want to work on Sundays? Uh, Maybe not, then maybe not. And then the other thought that is connected to this is one of the presenting ideas behind shopping on Sunday and work and stuff is that people, it's just people have a right to choose, right? If you, what you want to do with your time, there should be as little restrictions as possible. And I get that, but 
to a point. Okay, so I think I read on the news lately that there, the Steinbeck catchment area, the Hanover School Division, has something like 8,200 students in school this year. So 8,200, which is a huge percentage of our population. Do they get to cho- choose when they go to school? No. It's not like you can say, okay, my, my mom and dad are working Sunday, so I'm going to go to school Sunday. Or my mom and dad work Saturday, so I'm going to go to school Saturday. And I'm going to have Monday off with mom and dad, and I'm going to have Tuesday off. And, you know, it's not, our, our life isn't um, at that place where we can just be totally free. We actually do have a huge proportion of our community that do Monday to Fridays, nine to fives, or something like that, eight to fours, or whatever. And so that is a huge influence and factor in uh, the majority of our city's life, okay? So we've got parents and grandparents and stuff. And so having one day on a Sunday where, as a community, we agree we're going to limit the demands of work that, so that at least there's one day where these students who aren't at school might be with mom or dad, um, that is actually a huge influence on our town. It's hard to put a number on it. It's hard to put like a dollar sign on it. It's a quality of life thing. But just the ability to know that, generally speaking, one day a week, uh, these all these 8,000 kids who are at school, they'll have their parents at home or a parent at home. That is a huge deal. And to add another... Um, factor of drawing families apart and having the demands of work potentially being um, seven days a week. Um, That is going to have an impact. It's going to be hard to measure with dollar signs, but it is going to have a really big impact. And so these are some considerations that go beyond simply asking the question, do you want to shop on Sunday? Do you feel your opinions hurt? Well, you know, how, how worthy is your opinion? How educated is your opinion? How thoughtful is your opinion? Um, it's great for people to have opinions and cast shallow votes, but it's really good to think through these things and to know clearly what we're talking about. All right. Let's keep moving here. I want to get into 1 Corinthians. Um, back in 1 Corinthians, remember this church is a bit of a wild church. They're a young money church, and they're a church in a very... Uh, happening city in a very vibrant city in a city that loves the latest fashions loves the latest ideas and the apostle paul is trying to undercut some of the divisions that happen in the church as people align themselves up with celebrity preachers is essentially what's going on one person says uh, this is my celebrity preacher it's peter this is my celebrity peter it's preacher it's paul the uh, teacher types who want to be right about everything say it's actually i i'm in jesus and so they they but they enter into the division uh, through a different door. And so Paul is trying to undercut that by saying, um, essentially the kingdom of God is a kingdom of humility. We're not lining ourselves up to prove who's the greatest. We're lining ourselves up with the fact that um, Christ is the greatest and we are his humble possessions. And because of that, we can seek together and have a true unity. And so I want to start in chapter 2, verse 1. And we'll just read five verses here. This is this section. And this is Paul Um, talking about how his own ministry when he came to them, his own approach to preaching the gospel in Corinth lines up with the gospel of the humiliation of Christ, which is the power of God. So he says this, 
And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So for me, there are two great lines in this. There's a point he's making. He says, when I came to, I had to decide how I was going to present the gospel. And I could have tried to have the best speeches with the best rhetoric. Rhetoric was this big thing back in, uh, for, for actually for hundreds and hundreds of years, this um, practice and skill of trying to say things in a pleasing and persuasive way. And sometimes rhetorical skills were used without any connection to truth or honesty, you know. And so everybody was a lawyer and everyone was just trying to speak in a way that would convince and persuade. And Paul is saying, I, I could have gone that road where I was trying to have my most persuasive speech on. But instead, I chose not to go that road, but instead to focus on two things. The first is this, I'm going to focus on Jesus Christ crucified, which is, he said earlier, foolishness to the Greeks and offense to the Jews. He said that was what I was going to focus on. I wasn't going to mainly focus on anything besides the Lord Jesus Christ and God's rescue for sinners through his cross. And... I wasn't going to labor in making all of my words pleasant and persuasive. Instead, I was going to labor in demonstrating the power of God through the Holy Spirit so that you would get it, that Christ came humbly to demonstrate God's power through weakness and that your faith should rest not on the best of human skills, but on the presence of the Spirit of God. That's the big point. Remember the cross and live by the Spirit. And Paul was so thoughtful about this reality. The cross is about humility and weakness, God's power and weakness. And Christians are called to live by the dependence on the power of the Spirit. That he said, I am going to choose to speak in such a way that I do not appear to be the most persuasive person, but the content of my messages is going to be Jesus Christ and him crucified. And in the midst of this, instead of laboring away as a mighty orator, I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to confirm my words with acts of power. And so for me, this is a good encouragement to remember that church is meant to be a place where people are praying for the miraculous in order to demonstrate God's spirit. And people are ready to share a supernatural gift of the spirit so that the presence of God can be known. But but in the midst of this, keeping on just reminding ourselves, this is about Jesus. I'm called to embrace my own path of humility. I'm called to not want to promotion. I'm called to not want... Um, the praise that comes with celebrity status or being in front of people, but instead humble myself just like Jesus did on the cross and look to the spirit and to his power. All right. Well, we will continue on with First Corinthians uh, next week and we'll get another midweek to you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I really appreciate your time and may the Lord bless you as you can see.